Well, in January, we're doing a little bit different in the area of sermons, and, and uh, we're just letting the, the pastors preach from their heart and, and not being tied down to a structure, um, or this is the way you shall preach. We're going to pray out of, uh, preach out of Amos, which I'm glad you did last week, because I'm not this week. Um, one out of Amos is enough for me. But, uh, but well done last week. And um, so today I'm going to do something very different to what Nat did last week and what Brendan did the week before. And I've called it a little bit of a mosaic. Uh, in other words, we're going to look at a whole bunch of different Bible verses. Um, and hopefully the mosaic, all these broken pieces, will by the end of the sermon come together and hopefully the light of Christ will shine through and make a beautiful picture that you will get what we're trying to get across here. Now, Nate often gets up and he shares, whether it be the church news or in a sermon, and he often says one thing. He didn't say it today, so I'm a bit disappointed, but uh, he normally has this little thing that he says. Can anyone remember what he normally says? Um, Normally he goes, no matter if you've had a good week, Jesus is with you. If you had a great week, Jesus is with you. Remember that? And no matter what you do, how you are, Jesus is with you. I think that's the, the message you try to bring across all the time, which is a beautiful thing. And you know what? It's true. No matter if you've had a great week, and I hope you have, I hope that there's been some good things that have happened in your week this week, or whether you've had a tough week. And if you have had a tough week, I pray that you know or that you knew that you could lean on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who is with you and walking with you each and every day. At the end of today, what will be your greatest testimony? As you lay down and go to bed, What would be one thing that you could say is something incredibly true, incredibly solid, and incredibly real? I want to put to you that this phrase is something that we can all say at the end of every day. And that is, I am a friend of Almighty God. I am a friend of Almighty God. This year, Brian Willisdorf has continued on his beautiful ministry and I'll just put a, get you to put your hand up. How many people receive uh, about approximately 6am every morning a Bible verse from Brian Willisdorf? Anyone? Yeah, that's it. There's a few people do that. Okay, there we go. So Brian has um, been given a, a different translation this year called The Passion and he's been reading lots of stuff out of The Passion and he's been sending through some Bible verses from The Passion and this is one that hit me right between the eyes. And it's from Psalm 25, verse 14. Now I'm going to give you a chance to look that up because I've gone back to to this one. And the other day when when Brendan was preaching, he said he'd give me time to find it. And he didn't. (laughs) And and trying to find Ezra was like, hold on a second, where did that book disappear to? Um, So I'll give you a bit of time if you have the paper version, but if you've got the electronic version, uh, we're looking at Psalm 25, verse 14. And I'm going to read it to you from two different translations. One is the Passion and one is the ESV. Um, And it backs up what I just said, that I am a friend of God. All right. Psalm 25, verse 14. And it says this, There is a private place reserved for the lovers of God, where they sit near to him and receive the revelation and secrets of his promises. Isn't that cool? Cool, even? Isn't that amazing that there is a private place reserved for the lovers of God where they sit near and receive the revelation secrets of his promises? 
in the ESV, it says, The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. So there is a place, there is an opportunity to come and sit in God's presence and to hear him speak to you, whether it be his covenant or his truths or his promises. Now that's a fact. That's a reality. And there's a whole bunch of verses that we could bring up and say this is an opportunity that God has for us. But how is that available for you and for me? How is that so? And are we ready? Are we ready today to go to this place, to have that encounter with him where everything changes, where everything changes in God's presence? I want to read to you a quote. And as I read to you the quote, I want you to have in your mind or thoughts who may be the author of this quote. And it says this, When you align yourself with God's purposes, as described in the scriptures, something special, something really special, happens to your life. Let me read that again. When you align yourself with God's purpose, as described in the scriptures, something special, something really special, happens in your life. Anyone know who might have said that quote? Sorry? Rick Warren, that's a great guess, but not right. I'll give you a hint. He plays in one of the best bands that the world has ever known. Out of Ireland, Bono. Bono. I'll read it again. When you align yourself with God's purposes, as described in the scriptures, something special, something really special happens to your life. I believe that's true. I believe it's an opportunity that we have to come into God's presence, to opportunity to read this amazing book and let it bring about changes in our lives. You see, I believe at the beginning of this year, I, I love the beginning of New Year's. Anyone else love New Year's? It's like the old is gone and the new has come. I love New Year's. In fact, I love new months because new months are the old is gone and the new has come. In fact, I like new weeks because the old is gone and the new has come. In fact, I like every brand new day because the old is gone and the new has come. I like new days. I like new opportunities. Because guess what? Yesterday is gone. It's come, it's been, and it's disappeared. Today is a new day full of new opportunities for you and for me. New opportunities. And I believe this new opportunity, this new year, this new month has an invitation from the Lord that we can step into the best of our days. That we can step into this invitation and, and reach into the greater realms and manifestations of our destiny and plans that God has for us in ways that we have never thought, dreamed or imagined. Anyone got a verse that just came to mind? I got one that came to mind when I wrote those things down and let me just read to you it. I'll give you a chance to get to it. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. This paints us that little bit of a picture in this mosaic of who this God is that we come into presence with and allow him to speak into our lives. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is work within us, 
To him be the glory in the church and the Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Isn't that amazing? Bigger dreams than we could ever dream. If you're sitting there and you've got this amazing dream that you feel God's sowing into your life, well, guess what? God believes in that dream and he wants you to be able to fulfill it and be able to go forward in it. As long as it's his dream and it's what he's doing by his power of his Holy Spirit at work in us and it brings glory to him. And it's through all the generations. Isn't that cool? doesn't matter what age we are, whether you're young or old. God wants to work in and through our life. There's no retirement for followers of Jesus. Or we can go to a prayer from Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 12, which again backs up what God wants to do in and through our lives. So Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 12. It's a beautiful prayer. I shared with it during the week when we did those prayer devotionals. And, and it says this, And so from day that day we heard... We have not ceased to pray for you. How cool a statement is that, that we have not ceased to pray for you, that we continue to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that as you walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saint in saints in the light. I believe there's another incredible promise. Come away, go into God's presence, seek his truth and revelation through God's word, and then he will work in and through us to bring about these dreams immeasurably more than we could ever dream or imagine. But before we go to the next step, I want to ask again, How is this so? How can this come about? How can this even be a potential? Well, how many of us know that God answers prayer? Yeah? Have you got a couple of thoughts that have just come to mind about God's prayers that he has answered in and through your life? Maybe there's things that you're praying through right now where you're really hanging on and hoping that God will come through in miraculous ways. In miraculous ways. Again, I want to read to you from the psalm, Psalm 65, verses 5 and 6. And again, I'll read it in two different translations. First one comes from the Passion Version. Again, this is one that Brian has sent out earlier in the year, Psalm 65, verses 5 to 6. And it says this, You answer our prayers with amazing wonders and with awe-inspiring displays of your power. You are the righteous God who helps us like a father. Everyone everywhere looks to you. For you are the confidence of all the earth, even the farthest islands of the sea. What jaw-dropping, astounding power is yours. You are the mountain maker who sets them all in place. It's very fresh. It's very real. It's very alive. It shows us this picture of an amazing God who does answer prayer. And the next version I want to read from the New Living Translation. It says this, Your faithful answer, you faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds. O God, our Saviour. You are the hope of everyone on earth, even those who sail on distant seas. You form the mountains by your power and you arm yourself with the mighty strength. You see, how this is possible and how this is so is we need to go back to the source of who our God is. And our God is a good, good father. Our God is a mighty God. Our God is one who is present 
to save. Our God is one who wants to work in and through our lives. Our God is not one who set everything in motion and then went on holidays. Our God is with us today, yesterday and tomorrow, every day. And he wants to work in and through us. So how is this so? And how does this affect my life? Well, the book of Acts is a beautiful book and it paints a big picture to what I would want to get across into this mosaic today. But I want to start with Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And then I want to go back and, and, and bring us back to this verse. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And the verse says this, And when they had prayed, the place in which they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Now, for those of you who, who read that as I read it, the place that they were gathered... Now, I went on a little bit of a study and I've read some authors about this and, and delved into it a little bit. And, and there's a fairly strong understanding that this place, the place that they were gathered, was indeed the upper room. The upper room that we're aware of from when they gathered together. The upper room that was mentioned in the early book of Acts. You've got to remember, this is only Acts chapter 4. It's not as if they may have moved on into a new place. The upper room seems to have been something that they went back to. But whether it is the upper room, it is their play, prayer place. It is the local prayer joint. It is the place that is where they go. Astrid mentioned it may be your walk. It may be along the beach. It may be a prayer closet that you've set aside is where you go and you pray and you meet with God. And you bring things before him and you listen to what he has to say to you. The upper room. As we're moving everything upstairs, I'm thinking the upper room. What is God wanting to do with the pastors up there? What is it that they're wanting to do? And as uh, people were working down in this area, I'd come out every now and then and they would make funny comments about the pastor leaning over the fence, looking down on his people. I thought, that's a bit rude. Not quite the intention I was wanting to bring across. The upper room. Where is your upper room? Dallas Willard says, The kingdom of God is God reigning. It is present wherever God wants, wants done is done. It is the range of God's effective will. God's reign is all around you. It is from everlasting to everlasting. It is the natural home of the soul. God's kingdom. God's place. God at work. Through you. Through me. Now. Today. Tomorrow. The book of Acts gives us that picture. We see in Acts chapter 1 where they came together and they prayed and they sought what God was going to do and Jesus said, don't leave this place until the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be filled with the Holy Spirit and you will go out and do things. Acts chapter 2 tells the story about how that happened. They were up in the upper room praying and all of a sudden the place was shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and then they came out and they preached the first sermon and Peter raised his voice with the eleven and they spoke this amazing word and three thousand people came and gave their lives to Jesus as it were I saw the Lord always before me and they talk about this risen Jesus and they talk about the powers that be grabbed him and arrested him and crucified him then there was a whole bunch of results from Pentecost people being healed and set free 
Then they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship so that the coming together in prayer and everyone was filled with awe and many signs and wonders and miraculous things were being done. And every day they continued to meet together and people were added to them in their homes, in their places, in the upper room. Everything was happening. There was something going on. God was at work. And then into chapter 3, one day Peter and John were going to the temple afternoon sacrifice, afternoon prayers, into the temple. And on the way into the temple, as they went past the gate uh, called Beautiful, there was a man who was put there every day to beg, and he'd been crippled from birth. And uh, that's a long time for this guy. You delve into the story, you can find out how long he's been there. This guy would have probably seen Jesus walk past, And Jesus didn't heal him. He's still there, crippled, for such a time as this that Peter and James go past, sorry, Peter and John, and he cries out to them. Now, Peter and John are on the way to the temple. They're busy. We're on our way to do something. But something happens. God moves in their lives, and they stop. And then Peter says those profound words, "'Silver or gold have I none,' But what I give to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, get up and walk. And what happens is all God breaks loose. This guy gets up and walks. His ankles come together. He stands. He jumps. He shouts, probably Hosanna, probably hallelujah. He goes crazy and the whole place is in an uproar. And then Peter gets to preach again. And this is in verse 15. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus Christ, this man now stands before you. And it goes on, and they get arrested, and they get put in jail. And then the next morning they came out, and they get told not to go any more about Jesus. Enough of Jesus, all right. Enough of Jesus. No more Jesus. Just go and be quiet, and we'll let you go. And then they go back to the upper room. And they pray this prayer, verse 23. And on their release, Peter and John went back to the people and reported to them what the chief priests and the elders said to them. And when they heard this, they all raised their voices together in prayer to God. That sounds like a noisy prayer meeting. It sounds like they all raised their voices together. I'm not sure whether it was, let's pray, and then one person prayed. I think they all just went for it. All of it, everything that was in here just went, whoop. Something was going on. Anyway, they raised their voices to God in prayer. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea, everything in them. See what I'm saying before? We need to know who this God is. They stated right in their prayer who their God was. Their God was the creator. Their God was awesome, big, powerful, God that they could put their faith and trust in. And you spoke by your Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant David. And then they go on and on and on. And then they get to this point. And say, verse 29, Now, Lord, consider their their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. So they went on Twitter and on Facebook and... No, they didn't, did they? They did no Twitter, no Facebook, no social media, no TikTok. I mean, it wasn't there. Would have they? I think they had the secret that in all things, we take it to God in prayer. We say, God, this is what's going on in the world. And let God bring about the miracles. Let God bring about the work that he wants us to do. 
let God drop into our spirits in that upper room what we can do. And this is what they say. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miracle signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And verse 31, the one that started this, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now, I haven't been keeping count, but in those four chapters, it seems they were getting filled with the Holy Spirit lots. It doesn't look like a one-off occasion. It looked like they needed the Holy Spirit more and more and more and more. And they kept crying out, fill us with the Holy Spirit. And they kept crying out. And when they cried out for boldness or they cried out for God to work, God filled them with the Holy Spirit and with boldness and they went and they shared the good news and God did amazing things. So how is that so for you and for me? During the week when we did the prayer devotions, I read this passage from uh, the book Dangerous Prayers by Craig Grotzel. Is that how you say his last name? Grotzel? Craig, anyway. And he says this, Whenever I feel inadequate or unqualified, anyone ever feel inadequate or unqualified in the walk with Jesus? All right. He says, I remember that God called Moses. Why is that significant? Well, Moses was a murderer. He called David an adulterer. He called Rahab a prostitute. Not only did God call people who did really bad things, but he also called unusual, insecure, and inconsistent people. Anyone unusual, insecure, and inconsistent? I am, all three. All three. I am certainly unusual. You just talked to my wife. Very unusual. Am I insecure? I can be, yes. Am I inconsistent? Yeah. I'd love to be living at 12, but often I get sucked back to 10. And then when I'm having a really bad day, I just want to stay in bed. Just consider some of God's chosen messengers, ministers, prophets and leaders. Noah, he was a drunk. Isaac was a daydreamer. Joseph was abandoned and Gideon was afraid. Jeremiah was too young. Abraham was too old. Okay, there's the scenario. Too young, too old. What's the situation here? Elijah battled with depression. Naomi was bitter. Martha was a worry wart. There you go, all the worry warts you covered. And John the Baptist, well, he ate bugs. These guys are not actually the Avengers, are they? Now, for those of you who don't know who the Avengers are, the Avengers are this made-up group of superheroes who not only have superpowers and super cool outfits and all that sort of stuff, they have super healing bodies that never get fixed or hurt or they just, just keep going on and on. And it doesn't matter how many times they get smashed or beaten or blown up by atomic bombs, they just come out the other side going, phew, that was a bad day. It's, I, I, my head is done in with Marvel Comics and the Avengers. I just, I just want to one day see Superman... Someone slap him in the face and him go, oh man, that really hurt. Just some reality come into the picture. You know, instead of this unrealness that goes on. Anyway, these guys are not the Avengers, but guess what? Neither are you and I. But you know what? God calls us saints. God calls us saints. And he still calls us today and he sets us apart and he knows that we're not perfect You see, God hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And he called imperfect, inconsistent, insecure, unusual people then. And guess what? He still does. 
He's calling you and me. He's inviting us. He's nudging us. He's pulling us. God calls and prompts us to live beyond ourselves, to not just be about our own comfort, but to completely surrender to his call, his bidding. He calls us to go, to serve, to build, to love, to fight, to pray, to give, and yes, to lead. How is it so? How is that so for you and for me? Well, I believe we settle on the facts. And the facts are that at the end of this day, you can say, God is my friend and I am a friend of God. We can know the facts that God wants to do more in us than we could ever dream or imagine. That's cool. We can also know that God answers prayers. We can also know that God calls us to set up a upper room, a place where we can go and pray and sit in his presence. And we also know that he calls us to go, to be, and to do. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that I can call you my friend. I can call you my Lord. I can call you my Savior. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you are with us today right here and right now. And Father, I pray that right here and right now that no matter where we're feeling, how we're feeling, whether it is that insecure, whether it is that inconsistency, whether it is that stresses and strains are on us and that we don't feel we're living to a point where we're worthy of the name follower of Jesus or Christian, then Lord, you know that we are because of what you did for us on the cross. Your love, your grace, your mercy washes away the gunk of yesterday, last year and the year before. And we get this new opportunity right here and right now to come into your presence and to ask you to fill us anew with your Holy Spirit. Fill us anew with your Holy Spirit. Enable us right here and right now. Lord, may those of us need that need it hear you say to us, you are my friend. Father, for those of us who have been prompted in the area of prayer, Lord, I, I pray that we will indeed set aside that upper room place where we can spend time with you and be in your presence and hear what you would say to us loudly and clearly and then go and do what you've called us to do. I pray, Lord God, that this week we all will see you answer prayer, probably in ways that we didn't expect, but you'll still answer those prayers. And I pray, Lord God, that we will each hear your voice guiding us, leading us in your strength and in your power. Amen.